Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Dustin. This is Empty Tomb Radio. And now, try it, baby. We got some subs. We got some subwoofers in the back. Did you hear that? <laughs> Updated the intro song. Hope it sounds okay. I might have a little surprise outro song as well. Might be the same song. <laughs> Different part of it. I got a new logo. I've been working on cleaning up the podcast a little bit. Another logo I had, it was good, but uh, it's pretty, pretty amateur there. Um, new ones looking pretty fresh, pretty clean. I was trying to like space fight, make it all magnificent. I showed it to my buddy, and he's like, "Bro, you got to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> you got to make it a little cleaner, a little, a little better." Uh, so. Final product looks pretty good. I had a free trial on this app, <laughs> so I did it that way. Uh, and I have this MacBook. It's pretty old and it's so slow. Like it's impossible doing anything on there. So trying to do like graphic design, edit audio, make a podcast all on your phone is a little rough. But hey, I'm making it happen. I'm learning a lot. I'm studying the Word of God. I've never been stronger. This is incredible. This week has been pretty crazy. I had an email exchange with one of my favorite, I guess, biblical theologists. I never thought I'd ever talk to the guy, and he talked to me. I also had another person I dearly admire. Uh, told me he'd check out my show. I was like, whoa, no way, dude. And of course, like, I'm super self-conscious about the first couple episodes I made. I want to go back and like edit that first episode and be like, "Hey, hey guys, like I'm still not very good, but this episode's like pretty bad, so like don't quit on me." <laughs> my first episode has my most plays by far, and then it like drops off after that. I'm like, man, hopefully people aren't turned away that first episode. I think I'm just thinking, I'm reading too much into this, and I'm thinking too much about it. But this week's been pretty crazy. I have like three episodes that I want to do that have nothing to do with Matthew chapters 21 through 28. But um, I'm probably going to come out with one. I don't know if I'll have time tonight. It'll definitely be tomorrow. Um, And I have like two more that I've just like in my head. uh, This stuff that's been happening and stuff that I think I need to talk about. But the... I mean, I've just been thinking about the interactions I've been having with the Christian community. And if you look for it, it's there and it's strong. I mean, we're powerful, uh, man. When we come together, we can do some amazing things. Just the praise reports I've been hearing are, are awesome. So just keep praying for one another. Uh, be in the word. We got to be strong. There's so much that comes against us each and every day. The more we're in the word, the stronger we get, the stronger that we become. So let's get into it. Let's get into the Word and see what it says. Matthew 21. These notes are also fresh. Yay. Took these notes today. Like, <laughs> I can't, you know, just, just, just throughout the day, just taking notes, reading Bible studies, not letting my mind wander. I've never been officially diagnosed with ADD, but if you ask my wife, she'd be like, yep. (laughs) Don't worry, I don't take anything for it, but 
uh, let's see what chapter one or chapter one, chapter twenty one has to say. This is where we see Jesus come in like full form, and we see a shift in like the paradigm of Jesus here, and it's awesome. And let's talk about it. So let's say a quick prayer, dear Heavenly Father. Oh, I thank you for a great week. Thank you for a healthy week in my family, Lord. But there are many out there who are not healthy that need prayer. Pray for all the sick children that I've been seeing everywhere, Father, on Twitter. All these children are innocent. I pray that there is miraculous healing in their lives. I pray that doctors won't be able to explain it. I pray that, pray that the physicians are, are left clueless. There's only one person to bring glory through their sickness, and that is you, our Almighty Father, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and by your blood, by your blood that you shed, that we are saved. That is the gospel, and that is the only gospel that we should accept. Father, please anoint these words before us. Please speak through me. Pray the Holy Spirit enlightens me to what you're about to say. This comes alive, Father. Your words are breathing. Your words are dynamic. Your words are living. You are alive. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Jesus' triumphal entry, verse 1. Chapter 21, verse 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, Unto the mountain of olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straight away ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straight away he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king come unto thee, meek sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Jesus instructs his disciples. Jesus is about to make his triumphant return into Jerusalem. This is They've kind of been making their way toward Jerusalem for the last few chapters. We've been talking about it. Well, now they're, they're coming there. They're like right at the doorsteps of Jerusalem. And Jesus tells two of his disciples, go. And he tells them to, there's this village right over here. Uh, over there, you're going to find a donkey and a colt tied with tied together. And like, loose them up and bring them to me. And if anybody asks you what you're doing, tell them the Lord needs them. And, and that person will send them to you. We learned last time in Matthew 20, Jesus knew what was about to happen to him. It's on the same page, verse 19. Just jump over one column in my Bible and says, verse 19, chapter 20, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, mock and scourge him and crucify him on the third day he shall rise again. So Jesus knows what's about to happen to him in Jerusalem, but he's going in there anyway. So we have a donkey and we have a colt. The word colt here, when I hear, when I hear the word colt, first of all, I think of the three ninjas, Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. <laughs> but... The word colt refers to a young animal. We find out in Mark chapter 11, this animal has never been ridden before. So Jesus finds this young donkey. 
interesting thing is that Jesus chooses a donkey. Because only poor people rode on donkeys. But donkeys were beasts of burden. They were work animals. They worked in the fields. The generals of the time, the royal royalty, you know, the the Roman commanders and stuff, they rode on magnificent purebred horses, just powerful. And here we come, the god the god of all heaven and earth comes and rides into town on a donkey. Not only that, he rides on a baby donkey that's never been ridden before. What we see in this chapter, what's about to happen is, we've been talking a lot, is every time Jesus would do a miracle, he'd be healing somebody, he'd be like, hey, here you are, you're healed, but don't tell anybody, okay? Now is not the appointed time. Of course, we find out people were going and they were telling people all throughout the book of Matthew, like, yeah, they told not to say anything, but of course they went and said stuff. So Jesus, we're fine. This chapter, Jesus is like, hey, everybody, guess who's here? Like, guess who's in town? I'm here. I have arrived. And it's awesome. Uh, So verses 1 through 6. This is how I break up my notes. I break them up in sections. (laughs) Making sure I didn't think of anything or miss anything because I start rambling. And I always miss my notes. It frustrates me because I spend a lot of time taking these notes. So Jesus is fulfilling some prophecy here from uh, the book of Daniel. Chapter 9, 24 through 27. Uh, Daniel, let me flip over there real quick. This is where you can put in your interlude music. Don't worry, I don't fix anything in post because I don't know how to do that. So every episode of mine is like a live episode. Hold on. Daniel, Daniel, I know where you are. Anyways, let me know what you guys think of my new logo and my, it's the same intro song. I just made it bump a little bit more (laughs) the first time. I was trying to get the intro music on the podcast. I was, uh, I recorded it playing out of a speaker. (laughs) So I figured out how to actually upload the song to the app and then I could edit like a start and an end point to the app instead of playing it on Bluetooth through a speaker and trying to record on from the same phone that it's playing on the Bluetooth from. My phone's probably like, what is this guy doing? He's like recording me playing it self-speaker. Anyway, ADD, here we go. Chapter 9, Daniel, verses 24 through 27. 70 weeks are determined. I'm going to read this real quick. 70 weeks are determined. Upon thy people and upon upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Daniel chapter 9 verse 25. Now therefore and understand that from going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in tr- troublous times. Verse 26. And there, after threescore and two weeks, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end of therefore shall be with a flood and Unto the end of the war of desolations, 
are determined. Verse 27, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to, to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation that shall be determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Whew. Jesus is fulfilling this prophecy to the day. It is calculated when this happened, and it is to the day. For all those three scores and two weeks and all that stuff. Yeah, well, much smarter people than me have figured out when Jesus came. And we know when Jesus came for uh, uh, because Jesus came at the time of Passover. So we know what's happening in Jerusalem. And Passover was a crazy time in Jerusalem at that time. I mean, this is people are pilgrims are coming from all over all over Israel. And this is the capital. This is the capital of the Holy Land. This is the capital of the Jews. And they're coming from all over. Like all the hotels are booked. There's no place to stay. And the timing of it is pretty important. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, so now verse 7 in Matthew. Matthew 21 verse 7. Okay, so the disciples went just as Jesus talked talking about. And they went to go fetch the, the donkey and the colt. Verse 7, and brought the ass, the colt, and put them on their clothes, and they set him thereon. And the very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and they followed cried, saying, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we, had, when he had come into to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Okay, let's stop right there, then in verse 11. Jesus is riding into town on this donkey, and the multitudes are there, and they're throwing their clothes on the ground. They're cutting branches from the trees and strawing them and, and laying them down in the way. They're crying, and they're, they're calling him, Hosanna, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed are you. You come in the name of the Lord. And it says the city was moved, but they didn't know who he was. They're saying, who is this? Multitudes saying, this is Jesus. He's a prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Hosanna, Hosanna. The, this word Hosanna means save now. Save us now. And this was said to kings. It's referenced in Second Samuel and Second Kings. This We've seen this word in the Bible before. It's from the Old Testament. And this is also Jesus fulfilling more prophecy from Psalm 118. Do I dare go there? Oh man, I'm really jumping all over the Bible today. I'm all I'm already almost there. I didn't plan on going. <laughs> I would have had these bookmarks if I planned on going there. All right, hold on. Psalm 118. What's it say? Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118 talks about the, the, the stones that the builders used and they refused. The builders refused to embrace this headstone. Um, it's marvelous in the Lord's eyes. And this is the Lord that, um, this is like the, the magnificent day that the Lord made. Um, these stones, Jesus is going to mention in a little bit. I should just read it instead of paraphrasing. Sorry, guys. 
I'll just read 19 through 24. Psalm 118, 19 through 24. Praise the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone, which the builder refused, is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Okay. That's going to be important just a little bit as well. But Jesus is fulfilling Psalms. He's fulfilling Daniel's prophecies. And Jesus is embracing and encouraging the worship. These people are, are worshiping him as he's riding in the city. Interesting about these multitudes of people that are worshiping him is that they are the same people who, in five days' time, are crying, crying out, away with him, away with him. And they're crying out for his crucifixion. The same account in Luke, Luke 19, 40, 41 through 44, says Jesus looks over the city and, and he wept, knowing the judgment that was about to come on Israel. But he, he keeps his tears to himself. Jesus knows what's going to happen to him. And he knows what's going to happen to these people. And these people, they're embracing him now. But oh, how easily persuaded they are when things start going south. When things start going south, they don't embrace Jesus. I think that happens a lot with our church, right? When I say church, I just mean like the fellow believers. I don't mean your actual church that you go to. When things start going south, are we looking to the Lord? Or are we leaving behind everything we know and all of our faith? And we're re we relying on what other people are saying and all, all these earthly things, right? I love this. I love these next two verses that happen. I'm going to read 12 and 13. Jesus cleanses the temple. Matthew 21, verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I love this. Jesus. He's, he's going to the temple He's overturning these tables that these merchants are, merchants have set up in front of the temple. We talked about people were flocking to Jerusalem at the time of Passover, so there's all these people. I guess let's let's call them tourists. You know, they're not from the area. They're coming to the the capital city of the Holy Land, and they're going to the temple. And of course, you want to go to the temple in the Holy Land, like. At the capital, it's probably like the best temple around, and they want to be as close to God as possible. Well, in front of the temple, they have all these tables set up, and these guys are hustling the people that have come to the temple to get closer to God, and they are marking up their prices. These merchants, they would partner with the priests, and they cheated the visitors to Jerusalem, and they have forced them to purchase these sacrificial animals at extremely high prices. So I looked up the doves thing at Blue Letter Bible, because it specifically says 
and the seats of them that sold doves. So they're sacrificing doves onto the altar. And it says a normal pair of doves costs four P. I don't know what the P stands for. Like, let's say normal pair of doves costs like $4 normally outside the temple, but would go for 75P for $75 like inside the temple. That's crazy. So they're marking it up incredible amounts. You know, it's like when you go to Disneyland and you buy a churro, it's, it's what, like 20 bucks, and you go to TJ and you get one, and they're like 30 cents. Yeah, so another thing that's interesting about Jesus flipping over his table, it says he, he drove out those who bought and sold. So not just the people who are selling, but also the people that are buying this stuff too. They turn this place of prayer into a corrupt marketplace. That's what he calls the den of thieves. Verse 14. And blind and lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. So the blind and the lame come after Jesus flips over the table. These disabled people, they were restricted to the outside of the temple. They couldn't make it inside of the temple because they couldn't approach the altars to offer sacrifice. This is very significant. The blind and the lame weren't up there in the marketplace. They were down on the outskirts. But after Jesus drives out these people and flips over his table, what does it say? It says the blind and the lame come to him and he healed them. Jesus heals them. Verse 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were sore, displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And he left them, and went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. So these chief priests are getting pretty annoyed with Jesus. A lot of translations use the word indignant here. Indignant. The definition of that is feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. And Jesus says to these high priests, have you guys never read? You guys never read the scriptures? You know, so he's kind of throwing a little shade at them there. But it's funny, the greed and the hustling didn't bother these religious leaders at the temple by worshiping Jesus did. Very interesting. Oh, we're going to hear some parables about them in a minute. You bet Jesus has some parables for these guys. And then it says it ta- he, he retreats over to Bethany. Well, not like retreats, like running away from them. But he, he goes after the day's over and he goes and he stays in the city called Bethany. He lodged there. Bethany was very close to Jerusalem. So all the hotels were booked in Jerusalem. So he had to go stay at uh, at Bethany. So the withered, the withered fig tree. I'm sure you guys have heard this one before. The fig tree. So in the morning, as he returned to the city, he hungered. Verse 18. 
so the day's over. This is the next day now. So that was day one. This is day two. The withered fig tree. So Jesus woke up in the morning. He was hungry. Verse 19. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. This is one of the two destructive miracles that Jesus does. These are referred to as the destructive miracles, I guess. If you look, if you like Google this one, it'll say, you know, one, two destructive miracles Jesus do. This one and the pigs count as the destructive miracles where he's like, not he's not healing anything. He kills this fig tree on the spot. Just as he like casts out the demons and the pigs and they ran in the water. Both of these quote unquote destructive miracles were not towards human. I don't, I don't like the word destructive. I don't like labeling it that. So though that's not my term. That's just what these are known by. But Jesus destroys this tree. And what do we find out? It says the tree was full of leaves, but there were no figs on it. It says all leaves and no fruit. We'll find out why in a second. Verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? That's kind of a weird way of saying, wow, what happened to the fig tree? Like, why'd you kill it? And Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Jesus saying, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you can, he's like, we're talking about that mustard seed again, right? He's like, if you have faith, this is a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain move and it'll move. This is a callback to that. He's saying, you can, if you have that faith, you shall say this mountain be removed and cast in the sea and shall be done. He says, all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, Believing, ye shall receive. There's some. There's like a lot of key words in verse 22. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. God promises to his disciples that the prayers will be answered if they're believing in faith. All things they ask, they shall receive. Verse 23. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. Verse 25. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven? Or of men. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not then believe him? But if we say of men, we fear the people, and for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. <laughs> this is great. This is awesome because the. F- the Pharisees twice have done this to Jesus. Now Jesus is doing it to the Pharisees. Remember, these are the chief priests. These are the priests at the 
capital in Jerusalem. These these Pharisees, these aren't like your Pharisees cruising around like Nazareth. <laughs> you know, like the these are like the, the, the low guys on the totem pole. These are the like the head honchos of the Pharisees. And these Pharisees have been trying to trap Jesus with questions and stuff. We've seen it. We've seen it already when they're telling Jesus to perform miracles in the sky and they tried to ask Jesus about, about divorce. And they're like, well, like Moses said, is this like, are you saying like Moses, like Moses was wrong when, when he said we can divorce our wives. And then Jesus was, you know, they try to pin him. And when Jesus always responds in such eloquent fashion, Jesus is like, look, Moses said, it's permitted in these circumstances because the hardness of your hearts, right? Jesus always answers perfectly. Well, now Jesus, he's using the same tactic on them. And they're, so they're like, what happened? The Pharisees are like, Jesus, why? Who, who do you think you are? Who gives you the authority to do these things? Right? Because this is the next day. They saw what happened the day before. They're like, dude, you flipped over all those tables yesterday. Who do you think you are coming in here, Mr. Big Shot? And Jesus says, if you tell me, if you, let me ask you a question. John the Baptist, right? Who Jesus said there was none greater than John. John the Baptist, if you tell me John John's ministry, where was it from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? And it says they're reasoning amongst themselves. So they say, we don't know. So they could have said it was from heaven, which would have made them hypocrites because they were on the same side then, right? Or if it was from men, they would be considered cowards in front of the multitudes, right? And they refuse to answer. They don't, they don't even answer. They're just like, we don't know. And then Jesus says, well, then I'm not going to tell you by whose authority I do these things. Then boom, Jesus goes into the parable, the parable of the two sons. I'm going to read the whole thing, 28 to 32. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and he went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, did the will of his father, they say unto him, the first, Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go to the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. I don't know if you can understand me in this King James stuff, because like sometimes King James, I gotta read, I gotta read it a couple times to break it down. Parable of the two sons. This parable goes like this: A father owns a vineyard. He has two sons. He goes to the first son, says, "Son, I need, I need you to help me in the vineyard today." He says, go work today in my vineyard. Let's break down that sentence. Son. So we know there's a relationship, right? Son. Intimate relationship. Father, son have intimate relationship. Go work today. Like right now. Not tomorrow. Go work today in my vineyard. 
So, with the father's vineyard. Maybe one day the son would own this vineyard. And the son says he doesn't want to. The son says no. When the first son says no, he doesn't want to. But afterwards he feels sorry, he repents, and he goes to work. So he spoke wrong, but he ended up doing right. The second son gets asked the same question. Son, go work today in my vineyard. Same thing. Son, today, my vineyard. He says, sure, sure, Dad, I'll go. But then he never goes. So the second son said the right thing with respect. He said, sir. So he was respecting his dad. Or it seemed like he was, but he did not go. Who's who? Jesus says here, the publicans. So we know the publicans, they're the tax collectors. And the harlots, well, you know, the harlots, go to the kingdom of God before you. He's saying that to the Pharisees. Because when John came, they listened to him. And you didn't. They didn't believe him. What was John's message? We think all the way back being in Matthew. John's message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have another parable here. Another landowner. So another um, verse thirty-three. I'll read thirty-three through forty-one. Um, so it's another vineyard parable. <laughs> Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it around about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took the servants, they beat one, they killed another, and they stoned another. Verse 36. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. Verse 38. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. And let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard, and they slew him. And the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh. What will he do unto those husbandmen? Verse 41, They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men. And will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render the fruits in their season. So what's this parable saying? Another vineyard, another landowner. The landowner gets these guys to tend to his vineyard. It says the landowner goes off to a far country. So the landowner hires these guys to manage the vineyard. The landowner sends some messengers over to the workers of the vineyard and says, Hey, you guys, um, you know, it's going to be time to like pick the fruit soon. You might want to start doing that. And then they kill the messengers. Okay. So the landowner sends more messengers. 
And it says this, they do the same thing. They kill the other messengers. Finally, the landowner sends his son and says, hey, they're going to respect my son. He uses the word reverence here. Reverence is, I would say reverence is more than respect. And what do the, what do the workers say? They're like, oh, let's kill this guy and we'll take his inheritance. It says they slew him, cast him out of the vineyard. And Jesus asks at the end of the parable, he says, what will he do unto those workers? It says husbandmen, but it's like, what, what are they going to do to those vineyard workers? And the people answer Jesus and they say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him fruits in their season. I mean, I think we all know who the son in the story is. I mean, I when I read this, when I don't look into a study Bible or anything, I believe, you know, the messengers are all the guys in the Old Testament, you know. Who were the first ones we had? We had Noah, Abraham, Moses. Guess what? <laughs> they didn't believe them. You know, so then God sends, sends all the prophets, right? And we had, you know, Elijah, Isaiah, <clears throat> all these other guys come in. They don't believe them either. <laughs> And then the, the, the landowner finally sends his son. They're like, this time, surely, they'll listen to him. And they don't. But when I was reading Bible studies about that, it says that the vineyard in the Old Testament is like a, an allegory for Israel. Which I guess, you know, I guess the what I was thinking could still be, uh, still work in that context. But, or the vineyard could be the earth. The good thing about parables, like we talked about in the parable episode, 100% parables, is that there might be more than one meaning. And you really got to think about it and ask God what it means to you. Let's finish up the chapter 42 through 46. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read the scriptures? Okay, so this is going to be another callback to Psalm 118 that we read at the beginning of the episode. Lost my place. The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken away from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on the stone shall be broken, but whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. End of chapter. Basically, Jesus is calling these guys that fig tree who had all leaves and no fruit. rejecting the, the cornerstone, the stone that, that Jesus is, that the kingdom will be built on. And what's it say here? It says the Pharisees, after they heard these parables, they understood that Jesus was talking about them. It says they sought to lay hands on him. So 
instead of repenting, like, yes, I would, I would do, <laughs> you know, instead of repenting, they wanted to resort to violence. They wanted to harm him. But they didn't because there was crowds around and the crowds considered Jesus the prophet and they didn't want the crowds to turn on them. So Jesus, he's bringing the fight. He's bringing the kingdom, the rightful kingdom. He's erasing all these dumb laws they had. He's calling out the corruption. Jesus is calling it how he sees it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Come here. Anthony. Hmm? How old are you? Ten. You're ten years old? Yes. I'm sitting here and I'm talking about Jesus. Okay. Who's Jesus? He's the one who took away our sins. Yeah. And the Son of God. Mm hmm. I forgot the, his mother's name. <laughs> I just forgot it. It's okay. But I know he had a mother from her. Yeah, Mary. Mary. Yeah. And <clears throat> the father was Joseph? Mm-hmm. Good job, buddy. Why are you recording this? <laughs> huh? Don't worry about it. <clears throat> you want to pray? Let's pray. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Our Father. Our Father. Yeah, in heaven. heaven. How will you My kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Right. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good job, buddy. Thanks for coming in. I'll be out in a little bit, okay? Right there. Like the one Yeah. I hope you guys like that. <laughs> Remember last time I had my son was knocking on the door. I was like, next time he knocks on the door, I'm going to come in and ask him what he thinks about Jesus. That was unscripted. I did not plan on that. And I did not tell him what to say. And I did not write down that prayer. That was all him. That kid is going to be so awesome. He's going to be, I mean, he already is. He's, he's, he is incredible. I love him so much. He's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Or maybe I'll talk more about him one day, but it's really a blessing on how everything happened with him. So, there you go. Jesus came for our sins, right? That's what this is all about. With that, 
said, I'm, I'm going to try to save that clip and piece it out and put that into another episode. Maybe that I'll talk about tomorrow. I want to do it today, but I don't think I have enough time. But chapter 21, we see Jesus in the public eye. Taking back what is his. He's taking back the temple. Why was Jesus flipping over tables? Why was he coming in like that? That's not hippie Jesus. Mm-mm. He was mad. Jesus was upset at these guys, first of all, turned his temple into a den of thieves. But his, they were also preventing the people who really needed to enter the temple, the blind and the lame. They didn't have access there. Because they didn't have anything to bring to the altar. They didn't have these animals to buy and kill. Does that sound like a godly thing to do? <laughs> to not allow the people who need access, access? Jesus just coming in and doing a uh, complete revamping. Of the temple, he's trying. He knows what's about to happen to him. You know, things things are gonna, you know, take a turn for the worse here in a little bit. But for now, Jesus is coming in, and these Pharisees have no idea how to handle him. Jesus gives them answers. Like, have you not read? Have you not read your own scriptures? I mean, that's what the Pharisees do, right? They read scriptures. They read scriptures all day. They study the law, right? Well, apparently, they were too busy making their own laws. They didn't see the Messiah standing right in front of them. So, um, All right, guys, that's going to be it for today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for all the love and support that I've been getting from the community. I just love this Christian community that I found. Um, you guys are awesome. If there's anything that I can pray for you about, please let me know. Uh, anything I missed, anything you want to add. Uh, if you want to come on the show, reach out to me, Empty Tomb Radio, all the socials, Empty Tomb Radio at Gmail. Check out some past episodes. If you want to, um, I don't know, see what we had to say about the gates of hell or the disciples or anything like that, leave me a rating if you can. Um, there was uh, an anonymous one that came in that was cool. The other two uh, I have might be from my sisters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. I mean, this is just awesome. I love doing this. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's just so fulfilling and I feel so. Uh, and uh, empowered just by the word and everything I'm learning and uh, I feel the Holy Spirit just coming over me like there's you know I'm just like hopefully I'm leaking it out everywhere and you know I, I have I still have shortcomings and stuff but not only is this hopefully helping you guys it's helping me a lot um, I don't want to do it out of selfishness or for my own benefit I, the whole the whole goal of this was to, to help out other people but as, as I'm learning, it's really helping me out a lot. Um, and I have some, so much stuff I want to go over. Probably going to do like another little bonus 
kind of off-topic episode tomorrow, um, and I was thinking, man, Easter's, Easter's like 39 days away now, um, I could, (laughs) I could finish this, like, the perfect time for Easter, but I don't think I want to do that. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm. I'm not gonna try to intentionally do that. I'm not gonna try to add other episodes. But like I said at the very beginning, um, I want structure to submit to spirit. So if I feel inclined to do something else, I'm gonna do it. We will get through Matthew. Um, still trying to figure out what to do after Matthew. And I kind of want to go right into Mark, but Mark. So much of Mark is covered in Matthew. I was thinking about just going straight into John, and I was also thinking about going in an Old Testament book, and then I still, oh man, I'm just all over the place. So pray for me if you can, <laughs> pray for pray for this podcast and all the people who are affected by it, um, including my family and, and my, my my wife putting up with me and stuff, so I appreciate all you guys. I love you guys so much. Um, it's, re- it's really, truly a blessing to do this. So um, let's, say, let's say a prayer, and... Get on, get on with, our, with the next one and on with uh, our families and everything. And if if you haven't joined the family of Christ, it's not too late. I'm not going to do an altar call right now. But I hope that, um, I know there are, there are a lot of unbelievers that I have contact with each and every day. And I hope that I hope that one person can be brought to Christ through this. That would be so incredible. I could just hang up my hat. <laughs> no, but we need to be fishers of that. We need to find other ones. Oh man. Sorry again, got a phone call from my son's school. They're calling me like every night saying, hey, it's like read, read week this week. Make sure you guys read this week. It's like, dude, we read every week. <laughs> Why is this week like read a book week? Man, just all over the place. I'm going to have like a bunch of randomness this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us these powerful, powerful parables, Lord. Thank you for showing us this fig tree with with all leaves and no fruit. I pray that we are not like that fig tree, Father, and I pray that we have the fruit to show the world that uh, we are your true followers. We're not trying to be you, Lord. We're just trying to, to imitate you and be like you and do a work of your kingdom, Father. I pray that you you empower us to do so each and every day. I pray that if we have an opportunity to share the gospel, that we do. Whether we know what to say or not, let the Spirit of God come over us and speak for us in those moments. Father, I pray for clarity, clarity in all of our lives. Clarity to discern the lies and the truth. I pray for a hedge of protection around us, Lord, so we can 
keep all those those voices out of our heads, all of those bad thoughts away from us. And Father, I pray that we can grow closer to you each and every day. Whether it's by reading your word, praying, or talking to other people. I pray that you are the focal point of our lives. Nothing else. Not our phones. Not alcohol. Not video games or sports. I pray that it's you, Lord. You are the focal point of our lives each and every day. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for putting up with my randomness today. Sorry for all the interruptions. <laughs> I'll try to make it as pretty as possible. But until next time, I thank y'all. I love y'all. Talk to you later. Bye.